Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Happy Thursday to you one and all. Welcome to the Full Court Press, 106 on FM, 1390 AM. The Fan and 106.9thefan.com. Grateful to have you joining us, however, wherever you are doing so. Hope your Thursday is as good as ours. And you're getting ready for a nice three-day weekend, as we will be too. We will have no show tomorrow as we celebrate the uh, uh, celebration of our country, Independence Day. Um, so no show tomorrow. We'll be back on Monday, which means we got a heck of a lot to get through today, including Donovan Mitchell, who has now spoken to the media. We have the audio in its entirety. We'll share that with you. As an affiliate of the Jazz member, we have that right to do so. Uh, you also we will get the basketball at the NBA, as you heard in the uh, opening uh, lines that, uh, uh, or to me, opening minute that uh, there is going to be a second bubble, most likely for the delete eight. For the delete eight, yep. Uh, that's kind of a bad. That's sad. That's. Man, that's... What's sad? Did they get to keep playing? No, you, I mean, you call them the Delete Eight? <laughs> yes. You, they you were, guys don't matter, were, but we're going to put were, you in Chicago. They were deleted from the NBA schedule. I know it's not Walt Disney World with it and, you know, all its uh, glit and glamour, but there you go anyways. Uh, baseball will be beginning tomorrow. July 3rd starts spring training. We're going to get to what things we, we expect to see from spring training. What our thoughts will be like of what spring training should be like or... Sh- or we think will be like, uh, and I mean, not every superstar is done opting out yet. Are there other superstars to say, you know what, I don't want to play? Do they make that decision during or after spring training? So we'll get into some baseball talk. Uh, USC has a, had made a big announcement, uh, I guess, late last night slash early this morning. We'll get into that. It actually affects football in a, in a certain way. So uh, again, a lot to get to here on a Thursday afternoon. Welcome to our show. Wherever and however you are joining us, if you want to participate, you can text in at 435-339-0321. If you want to call in, you're more than welcome to. We'd love to hear your voice. 435-752-1069. Eric Franson, I'm Audrey Salveson here. Uh, let's start here. The NBA, as we had just teased and made fun of because of you, the Delete 8 in Chicago. Is that really what it's called? Or are you just joking? With no, me? that's just colloquially what people are referring to. The that eight is so teams mean. who were so bad, they were nowhere near <laughs> uh, the the chase for the playoffs. <laughs> eight teams that were so bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, but there's been legitimate concerns when the NBA was discussing a restart of the schedule for some of these teams that said, "Hey, we haven't played since March, and with everything being delayed and offset, we won't have a team together again until." November? And that's a long time to go for A, player development, and B, people in our markets to remember who we are <laughs> and to still you know, be relevant in, for, a, for a basketball club. And so they were worried about too much time away for their, for their franchise. And so uh, I, I'm glad that the NBA has figured out a way to still give these teams some kind of a, a glorified summer league uh, so that they can still play some games now how many games do they play i don't know will it be similar to what the nba for the the other 22 teams are going to be doing in orlando that's still not really known but um it's giving them some opportunity to still play some games and still do some development and give guys some reps and earn some money for the nba really so these guys can still get paychecks 
Exactly. And the players' union leader, Michelle Roberts, has been really consistent in saying that the non-playoff teams will follow the exact same protocol as the 22 teams that will be quarantined in Orlando. And those that 22 team will be uh, the Elite Eight. <laughs> so the teams so that are we participating, it looks like in Chicago, that includes the Chicago Bulls, the Charlotte Hornets, the New York Knicks, Detroit Pistons, Atlanta Hawks, Cleveland Cavaliers, Minnesota Timberwolves, and Golden State Warriors. Are the Knicks not? So could you see Steph Curry, Clay Thompson? Wait, come out participating what? in Chicago. If we're talking about that's going to get eyeballs. Feeder teams, the Knicks. Were they not invited? I said the Knicks. Yeah. No, you didn't. Is it Charlotte Hornets, Chicago Bulls, New York Knicks, Detroit Pistons, Atlanta Hawks, Cleveland Cavaliers? Those are the teams from the East. And then the, the Minnesota Timberwolves the and the Golden State Warriors. Okay, sorry. I'm reading something else then. Uh, I've been reading that the Knicks were the eight teams not invited to Orlando's League. Story start will be okay. There we go. Thank you. Sorry. I should be listening better. That's my apologies. Yeah, you oh, should always be listening. Oh, better. stop it, Eric. Come on. Stop it. You remember that TIPA conversation we had and we had to have people tweet in oh, so yeah. we let you know? <laughs> Justice Tae or <laughs> TIPA Nelly. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Anyways, uh, Eric, do you like this idea that they get some reps in? And like you said, maybe you're going to see Trey Young. Maybe you get to see Steph Curry. Maybe Clay Thompson. Other guys who have been out for a while, they can get some reps in here. I like it. Um, I, I think that it's important for those teams that are developing younger talent. I think it's really important for them. Um, but for those that were doing a race to the bottom for lottery purposes – I don't know how this affects their standings. Yeah, I'm not sure how the eight seeding games affects the standings for the uh, the eventual NBA draft. So that's not really known. Uh, how many games that they'll play is not quite yet known. It's basically it's a mini camp, um, and so it, it's some kind of a a way for those teams to still play. But I know there's a there's still a concern, um. That um, th- there's all- so much time off, and players are going to have to try to ramp up to get ready, mm-hmm. and they're only going to be playing for like two weeks. You know, is it really worth it to change your schedule, get yourself back into shape, and change your 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 schedules, and get- fly to a different location and-, and work things out to play basketball for two weeks? Hey, so help me on this, and because you've done a little bit more research on this part than I have. But uh, Bob Myers, the general manager for the Warriors, said that Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green would have agreed to participate if that eight-team bubble thing comes to pass in Chicago. But then Jackie McMullen comes out and says, well, it's highly unlikely that Curry or Thompson would play in Chicago. Do you know which one? I mean, it'd have to be Bob Myers then, right? He was right on this? Because he would know better than Jackie? Gosh, I don't know. I, I, I would imagine that Curry and Thompson and Green would play because they haven't played since when, Eric? Well, Thompson Steph Curry started coming back. He started playing some games right before the shutdown. But Thompson's been out for how long now? Tom- Thompson's been out for a year. How long has Draymond, Br- Draymond been out? He was out for a little bit, wasn't he? Uh, he's had- battled injuries off and on all uh-huh. through the season. Some, I- more, some more convenient injuries than others for him to sit out. How much uh, percentage-wise, what would you put more importance on? Getting Curry, Thompson, and Green back into it and back into basketball shape, or letting the younger guys get the more minutes and, and see what the talent you got in the younger guys? Well, if I'm Golden State, I already know what those... I mean, I've, You already I've, know what you're getting out yeah, of Yeah, they already went almost a full year yeah. developing young guys out of necessity. 
Uh, and so if I'm Golden State, I'm interested to see how some of these guys that joined our team last year, how they might play on the court with Steph Curry, with Clay Thompson. Can we have lineups out there that are complementary? Can we have some guys that really we want to stick and leave on our team or they're guys that we just want to dump? We only use them because we we had to have somebody on the court. So I, I think that for, for Golden State, um, I think it is important to them. They made some interesting moves uh, in mid-summer, or excuse me, mid-season when they left uh, D'Angelo Russell go mm-hmm. and they made a trade there. So I, I think for them, I think it would be important to have their stars play and have these games just so they can see what they really have as they plan for next season. Now, according to Jackie McMullen, uh, the idea to provide the eight, eight non playoff teams with the options to play and is a, a per, option to participate, I should say. Uh, but there was a huge concern about testing and need to be testing and such. Uh, most teams did a favor, uh, did favor a mini camp within their own market and then a week or two of games against other NBA clubs. Uh, Roberts insisted that it was not fair to treat 22 teams one way with the stringent daily testing, quarantine requirements, so on and so forth. And so uh, they've kind of agreed to this eight-bubble team thing with uh, major testing, consistent testing. And so what it would be is, as you mentioned, it would be two weeks of practice, four games for each team, and participation in the bubble, again, would be voluntary. Do you still think that a lot of guys will drop out of this? Well, here's what Dwayne Casey, Pistons coach, said for him, and he said he took an informal poll among those other coaches, so there are eight coaches. He said they'd prefer to do their own mini camps. But, yeah, you get your guys together, you can work them out, and you can run them through drills, and you can do your internal stuff, but uh, there's really something to be said with playing another team that is valuable. Um, they So, I don't know. I, maybe they're not all on board with how to do this, um, but... Um, We'll see. I mean, I mean, according to some reports by ESPN, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, they have agreed to participate if the bubble concept comes to pass. So, I think if they agree to participate, they gotta be everybody it, else should be it, like, "Hey, that's going to exactly. be cool." Like Trey Young probably is dying to get on the court. These right? are NBA title guys. You get to see. I'm Trae not Young just playing a bunch, Curry. Of, a bunch of scrub yeah. two way G League guys. I'm playing against some pretty good competition here. That's a good chance to play and get noticed. So, I mean, and you're right. There are veterans, but the younger guys. What about the older NBA veterans? Do you think there's a little bit of hesitation then to say, you know what? It's summer. I really don't need to play. If I don't have to, I can rest my body and get ready for the 2021 season. Or do you feel like maybe they're going to say, you know, I need to get out and get on the court again. I I haven't played in so long. Uh, I need to get my body back into it. What are your thoughts there? Uh, I think that's a fair question, you know, because because Blake Griffin's been in the league for a while now. I know that, right? Some of these guys could just say, "Hey, I'm concerned about you know coronavirus. I just want to stay home." Yeah, or that, that's a convenient excuse that they can use, and rather than saying, "I don't want to participate in this thing," they can just say, "I have coronavirus concerns." But I don't know. Speaking of the NBA, uh, nine more NBA players tested positive for the coronavirus. That brings the total now, Eric, to 25. The nine positive tests, according to ESPN, were found between June 24th and 29th. 
Uh, it was out of a poll of 351 players who have been tested since June 23rd. 16 tested positive last week. So, Eric, a little bit of dip in the positive testing. Are you still, is there still worry of concern in you as an NBA guy that maybe we, sh- uh, you know, are risking too many guys' you know, health out there to be in a bubble in Orlando or in Chicago? No, certainly there's still always that, there is that risk. That risk is still there. Um, but if they can, you know, if they can illustrate certain protocols, I mean, but this second bubble is going to be several weeks, a month and a half later than when the NBA restart is. So they'll learn a lot. They'll know a lot from how things were going in Orlando, if in fact it does happen. So this second bubble with the delete eight, they'll have a lot of data and things to look at that should give them some guidance on how you know to do it right and how to be careful and how to do things differently. So I, I think that it makes a lot of sense to have these games, to allow opportunities for these teams, especially some of these are, are smaller markets. And this is an opportunity for them to, again, be re-engage their fan bases to uh, to show that, hey, we still have a team. Remember, we still have guys. We still have some hopeful, exciting players that uh, we're building around. And uh, if nothing else, a chance to continue to work out some of your younger guys or fringe guys to see if they should uh, maintain a roster spot come next year. Hey, speaking of Chicago, if I may bounce back really quickly to your Delete 8 tournament, or your bubble, I should say, the mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, has uh, put out an order that to preserve the gains Chicago has made, we're issuing an emergency travel order directing travelers entering or returning to Chicago from states experiencing a surge in new COVID-19 cases to quarantine for a period of 14 days. This order applies to anyone traveling into Chicago as their final destination from a designated state. It includes Chicago residents returning from a visit, uh, visiting a designated state and travelers, arri- travelers arriving in Chicago from a designated state as well. Uh, and according to uh, the states that have been listed, Alabama, Arkansas, Arizona, California, Florida, Georgia, Idaho, Louisiana, Mississippi, North Carolina, Nevada, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, and Utah has now been put on that list as well. Oh, good thing the Jazz aren't going there. <laughs> good heavens. Hey, have they they don't start for the Jazz, they don't start practicing right until the seventh. They as a team, they don't practice until they get to Orlando on the seventh. Correct. Is that right? Okay. Just wanted to make sure of that. Uh yeah, correct. Now, um the NBA has announced that there have uh, they've had a few more positive tests. Uh nine more NBA players have tested positive. So it brings the total up to 25. Uh, as these players are getting ready to return to Orlando, they're doing the individual workouts at their facilities, and the NBA is calling all their guys back. You have to report to your home site first, and then you travel as a team uh, to Orlando And there's where there's additional testing and things like that. But as these guys are starting to report back, these tests are happening, and more and more guys are, are getting Testing positive. In addition to the 25 NBA players, 10 team staff members around the NBA have tested positive of the 884 team staff members who have been tested. So it's, you know, that'll be multiple players for uh, New Orleans. We've seen multiple players for Brooklyn. Uh, So it's... Thankfully, the the process here is 
get them in the bubble or get them isolated and get them treated and there's enough time between when they arrive to when games happen that they could get it out of the system, get treated and recover so games can start happening virus-free. But that's going to be the real key. That's going to be the real question next week to see how this continues to go. Can they properly isolate and get guys recovered uh, to a point where they can resume, or do teams start playing without some of their stars, some of their guys? Because <laughs> yeah, Nikola Jokic, I was going to say, still having still, a hard time out getting there, to he? America. <laughs> oh boy, and, and and that's another big problem is if you don't, if you don't get Jokic back by, I think what they travel on the seventh as well, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yep. So. He'd be late getting back, but I guess it wouldn't really matter. I mean, games start on the 30th, so you'd be all right. And they have a couple of scrimmage games before that, don't they? Yes, you can You can scrimmage against teams that are in your, your hotel. hotel. That's like the Lakers, the Clippers, the Celtics, the Bucks. The top four teams in the West and the top four teams in the East are all in the same hotel. That's like a nice little scrimmage to have, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, get, a, get an inverse of the best before you play the Pelicans and Zion Williamson. Oh, I can't wait for basketball to be back, man. It has been so doggone long. I'm sick of it. <laughs> I'm tired of it. All right, uh, Eric, let's take a break. Coming back, Donovan Mitchell spoke to the media for the first time, the local media, for the first time since, well, March, and uh, issued a bunch of things, including the question of, uh, of course, everyone on, I guess, on Utah Jazz Minds, the question of uh, one Rudy Gobert and his relationship with him. You know, right now we're good. We're going out there ready to hoop. Um, and I think the biggest thing, you know, that, that kind of sucked was that it took away from the guys on the team. Um, took away what the guys on the team were trying to do. And I, I really wish that, you know, as going forward, you know, I think that will be really the primary focus is just us gelling as a team because obviously you and Rudy and I had COVID and whatever happened, happened. But, you know, now we're ready to hoop and focus on the team as, as a whole, you know, because we're t- I'm not really trying to keep taking attention away from what everybody's got going on. Obviously, we got Boyan announced. We have some guys that are really looking good and, and ready to step up. And uh, that's what we're really excited about. His press conference is loaded, and there's a lot to break down from it, by the way. A lot to unpack from what Donovan Mitchell had to say. Not just his relationship with Rudy Gobert, uh, a lot of really – Really disappointing responses to a post that he put out on Juneteenth. Uh, he addresses racism, and frankly, he's pretty front forth he about was it too. Very upset, yeah, with how a lot of quote unquote jazz fans reacted. And judge what you may about his reaction to that and what he feels about people in Utah. Um, and then uh, just talking about his concern about coming back and in, in playing after such time off. And uh, there's a real fear about injury, especially for guys that are approaching contract years, big contract years. And so it's a it's a small lead-up right before the playoffs where guys are going 100 miles an hour. So that's a real concern by Donovan, and you hear him discuss that and address that as well. Coming up next, we're going to hear from Donovan Mitchell in its entirety from his, uh, I guess, Zoom press conference. Yeah, a lot of media members media. did not like mute their mute their microphones so you hear a lot of 
Tony Jones had to be one of them because he struggled at first. Typing and coughing and stupid stuff for guys just they ask a question and they don't mute themselves. <laughs> That's all coming up here on the Full Court Press. That's Eric Franson. I'm AJ Salveson here on a Thursday, 106 on FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. The Aggies, Jazz, High Schools, even the Pee Wee's T-ball team. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio. The Fan. We gotta get new music. This is just oh, this is a classic tune. I've never heard this song in my life, Eric. What? Is this nineteen thirties? Like I Free don't... Ride? We gotta get you some new it's music. Good tune. We gotta get you some new music. Uh welcome back to Full Court Press. Eric Franson, and Jay Salveson here on 106 NFM 1390 AM, 106NFan.com. You'll hear the Utah Jazz games on this very same station that we just mentioned. Uh starting on July 30th at four o'clock, I believe, when we take on the uh, four or four thirty. Four thirty, I believe, actually. Yeah. Thank you. Four thirty when uh, the Jazz take on the Zion Williamson led Pelicans. Should be a tough one to start the uh to start the eight-game restart. Uh, but uh, before that, it's time to hear from the face of the franchise. That is Donovan Mitchell. Donovan talks about his relationship with Rudy Gobert. He talks about the, the racism that he's been dealing with in his life, his upset reaction to the comments that were listed in an Instagram post by both him and the Utah Jazz in separate posts. Uh, and he talks, in, by the way, his tone of voice isn't one for just light mood. It's... He's livid. He's frustrated. Yeah, absolutely upset about it. So you'll hear about that. You'll hear about him getting uh, ready for the season and for the uh, restart and what his thoughts are on entering the bubble. Ladies and gentlemen, here is Donovan Mitchell. Donovan, nice to see you. How you doing? I'm doing well. Good to see you. So I guess I'll just start off with the obvious one that, that jazz fans are wanting to know about. And uh, people just want to know, how, how is the relationship between uh, you and you and Rudy? Yeah, um, you know, I'll kind of address this one just for everybody and kind of just leave it uh, after this. To be honest with you, I understand that y'all got to ask this question, but, you know, right now we're good. We're going out there ready to hoop. Um, and I think the biggest thing, you know, that, that kind of sucked was that it took away from the guys on the team, um, took the gut the guys on the team were trying to do. And I, I really wish that, you know, as going forward, you know, I think that'll be really the primary focus is just us gelling as a team because obviously – you, Rudy and I had COVID and whatever happened, happened. But, you know, now we're ready to hoop and focus on the team as, as a whole, you know, because we're t- not really trying to keep taking attention away from what everybody's got going on. Obviously, we got Boyan now, so we have some guys that are really looking good and, and ready to step up. And uh, that's what we're really excited about. Thank you. Okay, great. Uh, next question we will get from Tony Jones. Tony? Uh, we can't hear you, Tony. Come on, Tom. I just click the unmute button. My bad. I got. I forgot to unmute. Um, uh, how you doing? First of all, second of all, um, you know, what are some of the things that that you you did uh, with your time off, uh, basketball wise, just staying in shape, um, staying sharp, and 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 you know, just kind of working on your craft. Um, it was tough to be honest with you. It was tough to kind of. Cause I really didn't have much. I was in the basement of my, my mom's house for most of the time, but uh, really doing a lot of, a lot of sprints. You know, I think it took about maybe three weeks off. Um, 
And I think for after that, I just kind of got into the weights. We continually did weights with the team on via Zoom, um, but did a lot of sprints on the on the uh, on the field right down the street from my house. A lot of bike exercises, um, as much as I could, conditioning wise, understanding I couldn't get onto a court uh, for for a very long time. And I've been, you know, I've been fortunate enough to have a court, you know, and kind of get after for the past month and a half, two months. So uh, that's really what I've been at. Just continue to re- refine my game and, and work on what I what I can. You know, obviously with really no rebounder and really no help you kind of it's kind of like being in a park by yourself but it's been it's been weird it's been challenging um even got to shooting in my backyard um on concrete that's really what it came down to just because you know the resources that I had I didn't really have much but uh now that we're back we're glad to be back in marketing kind of just get right to it and um just continue to pick up where we left off okay thanks Donovan uh next question will be from Sarah Todd Sarah Hey, Don, how's it going? How you doing? Um, good. I have a couple of questions. Um, they're related to each other. The first one being, um, I just want to get your feelings and thoughts about kind of what happened after the Utah Jazz Black Lives Matter post and then your Juneteenth post and kind of your feelings around that situation and how you feel your approach moving forward should be or anything that your thoughts and then tail tailing off that what your approach will be in Orlando to kind of try to keep the conversation going around racial inequality and reform and things like that um I'll start off with the first one I think you know I think it opened a lot of eyes to be honest with you when um that post uh, came out and the comments and stuff and it's easy for people to say don't read them it's tough when there's outrageous and 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 crazy and then you click on the C and it's not like they're bots you know as people call them they're, they're people who live not only here but in, in different places and I spoke out about it, especially primarily here because I live here I play here um, I represent you know, us as 15 guys represent the Jazz as far as the Utah, as far as basketball is concerned. And we use, we understand that it's not just basketball that we, you know, where we use our platform, not just for what we do on the court, but what we do off the floor. You know, myself, Mike, uh, JC went protesting. Um, so many different guys on our team have done so many different things. And I think to see that after understanding that the same people that were saying what they were saying were the same ones coming to celebrate and, and, and cheer. And I think that's, that's really where I was just, I can lie to you pretty pissed off and it's kind of like man like you know for for my for my career I speak for myself when I say this for the past two two three years you know I gave it all and then you know that you see that and it's tough to see that as an African-American male because not only just what happens in Utah I, I understand it's not just a Utah thing and I want people to understand that it's not like it's just Utah this happens everywhere it, it's it's it happens everywhere but you know like I said I spoke out on it especially because I play here and, I'm, and I and I live here and I wanted to be known that I'm going to continue to use my platform continue to use my voice that I that I have because I feel like that's that's what's necessary. And I think a lot of people don't understand certain situations that I've been brought up in that, you know, Royce has been brought up in Mike, JC, uh, Emmanuel, Rudy, like there's so many different uh, backgrounds and guys come from different backgrounds. I think people, you know, not only just in Utah, but everyone need to understand that, you know, the experiences that we have may can be completely different. And hopefully this conversation opens a lot of eyes, especially here in Utah, because, um, you know, there's a certain stigma. There's no secret about it, that about Utah. And, you know, obviously the comments didn't didn't help. But, you know, for for us as athletes, we wanted to be known that we won't stand for any of the the racism and, and whatever came 
what else comes with that? You know, I think that's the biggest thing for for my comments and um, and reading and, and responding to what we responded to. Um, and then, sorry, the second part of your question. How do you uh, how do you keep the conversation going in Orlando? Um, I think we do it. I think we do it in many different ways. Um, to be honest with you, I think you know we're doing a, we're doing a great job. I think the PA and the league has done a great job of understanding putting the Black Lives Matter on, on the court, and that way it's at least aware people it's always on people's minds it's going to be right there you know but i think the one thing that does <clears throat> that, that that is unfortunate is that we can't be there on the front lines anymore helping out you know at least the teams that are in the bubble so we have to do a, not just as players but as a as a as a as a league we have to really make a statement um we're working on a bunch of things that i i can't really say right now but i think there's a lot of things that are going to come out of us being down there in that bubble um but you know I, I do wish, to be honest with you, I do wish that we were able to be there on the front lines as opposed to being in that bubble. I, and I, that's my personal opinion because I think that's just something that really needs attention, you know, as opposed to, you know, people talking about who had 30 or 40 or who won this game. It should be about Breonna Taylor. You know, it should be about so many other different things that are going on in the world right now that should be really brought attention to. Uh, but with that being said, work calls and duty calls and we have to go and we'll go down there and continue to to use that platform that we have down there partnered with different teams different guys in the league and then uh our league as well to go out there and, and make the most of it and, and go out there and continue to you know spread the message and, and and spread all of the knowledge that a lot of guys in this league have you know a lot of guys one through 15 you know whether it's uh lebron steph curry or the 15th man on the roster it doesn't matter who it is um, guys have voices, and I, I think they're doing. I think we're going to do a great job when we go down there. Have one guys one through fifteen, let their voices be heard. Thank you. All right, uh, next question will be from Eric Woodyard. Eric, uh, what's up, man? What up, big? <clears throat> so for you, man, early on in your career, man, you've received no, so much positive attention, man, from coming out of nowhere from Louisville, mm -hmm. doing whatever everything you did. How has it been for you to deal with that side of it? I mean. Now you're seeing the other side of professional basketball from receiving negative attention and being in the middle of things. How has that, has that shaped your opinion of being a professional or what's your thoughts on just all you had to go through these last few months? I make the joke. It's been a long few months for me. I can't lie to you. Um, but I think the biggest thing, it's allowed me just, it allows you a sense of maturity, you know, like allow you to grow and, and kind of, I think the biggest thing with, this virus and, you know, the unfortunately it came to the death of George Floyd. It opened not just my eyes, but a lot of people's eyes in this country to a lot of different things. Um, and I think it's a lot of people to kind of just stop and sit back. You know, as you know, as you, you, you know, you like I've been going nonstop since I got into the league, you know, whether it's you get in, you start playing the dunk contest, the playoffs, go to China, go to all the different places for Adidas, come back, play again, go back overseas, play with Team USA and then another shoot tour. So I've been going nonstop. Really, so now I think this time has allowed me really just to sit back and just watch. You know, I'm asking questions of, from guys around the league, how they handle different things. And I think it's been a time for me to really just find myself in a way that, you know, I never really found because I've been on the move for so long. So it's allowed me to kind of sit there and understand that one, this is a business, you know, and 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 being a professional is there's gonna be highs, there's gonna be lows. And I knew that on the court especially, but off the court, like you said, there's so many different things. There's gonna be things that are great. And there's gonna be things that kind of open your eyes and kind of make you sit back and and just reevaluate and look at things. And I think that's been the biggest thing for me and just being able to adapt to that without, you know, kind of going crazy. <laughs> 
All right, uh, next question from Tim McMahon, AP, Tim. I mean, ESPN, sorry. I was going to say, I changed jobs. Hey, Donna. Um, <laughs> I respect you wanting to move on from the situation with Rudy. Uh, I hope you respect mm -hmm. that we have a job to do as well. So I do have a couple of quick sure. questions on that. Um, sure. the, the first, you are a smart, savvy guy. You, you understand the way the league works, the way media works, the way a situation like that uh, is going to draw speculation. Why did you let that linger for the last three plus months instead of addressing it, whether it's a tweet, Instagram, or, or, or doing some media? Because I feel like, you know, for me, I, it's no secret, Tim, that I, was, I, I wasn't happy at the beginning. This, I've mm -hmm. said that publicly, it's no secret to that. So for me, it was like, I'm not gonna continue addressing something that I, one, didn't feel was true. You know, obviously we had the article that came out with, um, Sorry, what's his name? Um, Shams, you know, and everyone saw that. And I'm, I just, to be honest with you, and no disrespect to you guys, but it's like, I'm not trying to give things clicks that, you know, just to have a story, you know, and then I kind of go back and then it brings more like, you know, you know what, we know what it is internally as a team and that should be it, you know? And I think like that's part of what Eric kind of, Eric asked that question, part of that maturity and growing up because I could have easily went back and forth with whoever on Twitter and kind of addressed it, but I'm just like, you know what, like, there's no need for that. My teammates and my coaches know how I feel. And I feel like that was a moment where I was just like, you know what, that's it. And I'm leaving it at that. And that's really how I felt. And on top of that, like I said, it it really took away from like guys, like what guys were working on, what guys, because we talked about what we've been working on the past two months. And I feel like that's really been hijacked because of this whole thing. And, you know, it's easy to kind of go out there and say something, but no, like I, I wanted my teammates to know this is how I feel. And I'm, there are moments where you're just tired of continuing to hear over and over again, and I'm tired of addressing it, kind of going, no, that's not true, or no, this is not true, because then you find yourself all over Twitter trying to call out people for no reason. So I just left it and addressed it with my teammates. Okay, and, and the other question I had, um, talking to people around your organization, talking to Rudy himself, acknowledge that there was some tension between you guys before, and the way it was described mm -hmm. to me is kind of typical co-star, two out of 10 on an NBA drama type of tension. Um, Rudy acknowledged a lot of that was him complaining about, you know, give him the ball, give him the ball, give him the ball. Uh, how would you describe that working relationship going, you know, pre-pandemic and, and how maybe did that tension impact the way you felt once the, uh, once you tested positive? Um, I mean, obviously you look at, and I'm not, please don't quote me as comparing us to Shaq and Kobe and, and Penny and Shaq, you know what I mean? But like you look at all great are all duos or whatever it may be, um, you know, for us, it's like, you know, there's going to be tension. There's going to be back and forth. You know, obviously I feel like I should be right here. He should be feel like he should be right there, but it's always going to happen. It happens on every team. doesn't matter if they win championships or their last place team. It's always going to happen. So I feel like even in a work environment, you're not going to always get along or go out to eat or, you know, hang out with, you know, your teammates. Um, so that's that. And then, um, sorry, the second part of your question. Maybe how, how did that, that, that tension and, and the frustration that you might have been feeling towards Rudy mm. uh, impact the way that you felt when you did test positive and, you know, kind of as you were processing that? I consider that, Tim, I consider that two separate things. One is basketball. One is a working relationship. And the other one is life. Um, I consider that separate. Um, so, yeah, I don't think that really had any carryover. Appreciate it. Okay, uh, guys, we have one uh, question left. That's all the time we have. So we're going to do a quick one from Andy Larson. Andy? 
My bad. Hey, Donovan. So you wanted to ask what went into your decision on whether or not to play and, and kind of what what you're considering as you decide whether or not to go into the bubble, basically. Um, the biggest thing for me is honestly, like I said, I didn't really have the the resources during this time off. This isn't a typical time off where it's like the off season. It wasn't a vacation. Um, I think for me, the biggest thing we're coming back is injury. Um, you know, not having played uh, for maybe like 120 days or something like that, you know, and kind of just being at a complete halt and then kind of going right into games that matter. You know, it's not like these eight games are just like the preseason where you kind of sit out. These games matter. And um, I think that's my biggest concern. You know, obviously I'm different than other guys because some guys have had facilities. You know, Mike has, Mike had a facility in his house. He's been able to really, I think, has one as well. But, you know, I had my, my garage with my little dumbbells and a treadmill and a bike uh, for the whole time. So that's really where my concern is, honestly, you know, and obviously it's no secret that, you know, that it's been out there that I said that I was really nervous about getting injured. And that's still the same case. You know, it hasn't changed, um, you know, for right now. Like I said, if I'm if I if I do play, I'm, I'm ready to go. It's not like I'm behind the eight ball or anything like that. But my, my biggest concern is the injury aspect, you know, and obviously there's contractual implications for myself as well. That's that's no secret as well. But that's my biggest concern because you go from sitting down really, you know, and obviously there's working out, but there's difference than playing five on five meaningful five-on-five five games as opposed to playing, you know, in practice or whatever we have coming up. Do you feel like the three-week training camp is enough to, to you know, get back in we'll shape? Find, yeah. we'll, find, we'll find out. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I mean, honestly, I, like I said, I've never, never really – no one's really ever been done this before except for guys who have been through a lockout. But um, I don't know. We'll, we'll find out. And But I, I know for me, just that's my biggest concern. Um and I've, I've addressed that with my, my teammates and coaches and everyone, but that's one of my biggest fears for sure. A lot to unpack, a lot to unload, a lot to discuss. We'd love to hear from you as well. What are your thoughts on Donovan Mitchell's comments about Rudy Gobert? The uh, the post, his comments about the fans and the way they reacted to the post uh, and him getting ready for training camp. Utah Jazz play on July 30th. They'll interrupt our show. We'll step aside for that one, and uh, we'll, come out, we'll come back on July 31st. Uh, they arrive in Orlando on July 7th as well with three other teams from the West, which are the top three teams, and four other teams from the East. Those are also the top four teams. All right, going to take a break. Coming back, we'd love to hear from you. 435-339-0321. That's the text in. 435-752-1069. That's the call in. Love to hear what your thoughts are on Donald Mitchell's comments. It's Full Court Press, 106 on FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and RJ Selvison. John Balgini, he is a Hall of Famer. The official announcement came uh, today that uh, there will be no minor league baseball anywhere in the United States in 2020. There's a chance they might not have any baseball next summer in 2021. 80 years of professional baseball all wiped out uh, this year due to the virus and perhaps next year do the greedy owners of Major League Baseball. I'll get that off my chest right now. Starting at 4 p.m. on 106 and FM, 1390 AM and 106.com. The new home for the full court press. Weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. To find John Balcini and more interviews in our shows in its entirety, go to 106andthefan.com. You can also find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify. Uh, just type in the full court press, Eric, say my name. Uh, you can find it all. 
all shows, all interviews in their entirety uh, to be able to hear and re-listen to. Including this one of Donovan Mitchell, who has just spoken to the media earlier today. A lot to break down, a lot to get through really quickly before we do so. want to remind you of all of the great activities going on tomorrow, at least starting tomorrow, including the Cash Valley Cruise and Parade. That will be July 3rd from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. along Main Street. Now, you can enter your own classic car in the parade. Just go and register at the fairgrounds between noon and 5 tomorrow. You can buy cruise-in merchandise in front of the courthouse on 200 North. And then on Saturday, or excuse me, tomorrow, fireworks. Four shows, one night. Friday, July 3rd at 10 p.m. Those cities will be Richmond, North Logan, Providence, and Hiram. Do not want to miss it. Great stuff. And if you want to be able to listen to the great uh, Cash Valley Media Group, or I guess radio channel, uh, you can go to any local radio channel for the soundtrack, synchronized with the fireworks themselves. That's something really cool that you guys have been doing for quite some time. Yeah, that will be both Friday and Saturday night at 10 o'clock. So the synchronized one with the multiple communities, that'll be on Friday night at 10 o'clock. And then uh, we'll run our own soundtrack on, on Saturday night. So if you choose to go up to Lewiston, they're still going to do their fireworks show. If you're just doing them in your own driveway, uh, if you want to uh, do it to music, start your fireworks show at 10 o'clock on Saturday night. Eric, we just heard from Donovan Mitchell, the, uh, of course, face of the franchise, the, the golden boy, if you will, of the Utah Jazz, as he spoke on a uh, variety of topics, including Rudy Gobert. Let's start there. What stood out to you about his comments on Rudy Gobert and his relationship with him? Well, he admitted that it was a rocky relationship before the coronavirus uh, hit. Um, but uh, it, it sounds like you know, the, we, we've heard about this, but it sounds like he feels like it's been addressed. They're ready to go out and play. Their relationship is going to be fine on the court. And that's really ultimately all that really matters. A little surprised about how he didn't address it until today. Really, he hasn't come out publicly to say really much to clarify anything. Uh, and I thought it was interesting, his reasons why. And I understand maybe why he said that. Just feels like there was a lot of misinformation and he didn't want to go responding to every little thing that was out there. But Donovan, if you say one thing or just say a few things, that's going to clear up a lot of stuff. You don't have to go around chasing every little post to clarify everything. But so I was a little surprised that he didn't do anything more than today to address the relationship. Excuse me. And another thing kind of surprised me, well, I guess more of a bigger question for me, is when did it start? I mean, we talked about it before. In fact, I think you brought this up. Uh, they had a game before Oklahoma City. Maybe it was a week before Oklahoma City they had a game. And Donovan, Rudy Gobert is underneath the hoop calling for the ball and he's wide open. Donovan skips it to Mike Conley in the corner. Rudy's still open. He gives it to the wing to Jordan Clarkson. He's still open. Gobert never touches the ball. We go to the other side of the court on the ensuing possession. And then Rudy Gobert, who is behind Donovan Mitchell, Donovan gets beat off the dribble on the first step, gets to the hoop with ease and lays it in. Rudy Gobert never shows up to help out. I really wonder where this all started from or how it all started, too. Yeah, well, Rudy was expressing some frustration that he wasn't getting more offensive touches. Mm -hmm. uh, they had an opportunity to, to lob the ball down low, and there's not many guys that can reach up and, and take it away from him. So there were, there were some issues that were already going on. And you could tell that the Jazz chemistry just was off at certain points of the season. So this is going to be a really interesting three weeks as the Jazz get back together as a team for the first time since this all happened, since they were locked in the locker room in Oklahoma City 
to see how they work together and mend fences and try to figure out how to play without Boyan Bogdanovich too. Eric, can they make it work with a relationship with two admittable stars who are incredibly high in their position in the NBA? Stardoms. You talked about Penny Hardaway, Shaquille O'Neal, Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal. Uh, just the egotism that can be there or it's getting in the way. Is this trouble in paradise for the Utah Jazz as they go to Orlando for a restart of the eight-game season? Well, really, it's a test of Quinn Snyder and his leadership ability and the rest of that team hierarchy. Can they outline a plan to both Donovan and Rudy where they feel like, I am I am in a position to succeed and play at the best of my ability? And so I think that there is a way to do it, but I think it, it's more on Quinn Snyder and his offensive system or defensive system. Obviously, Donovan and Rudy have to buy into that, but it's, that's his biggest challenge is to get them to believe in a, in a system that's going to benefit both of them. Because if they feel like, look, I, I'm, I'm being heard, I'm, uh, I'm being featured, I have an opportunity to be an impact player, then they're going to feel good. And I think we've seen it that they clearly can coexist and they can play very well together. They just got to get back on the same page. Do you believe Joe Ingles and Mike Conley when they came out and said that, yeah, they're good about Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, that everything's okay? Well, I, I believe them in the sense that when it comes to how they're going to play on the court, they're good. They'll be fine. Because those are both guys that a little bit older. They've been around the, the, the block a little bit. They understand that uh, relationships in locker room can get tense. And not everybody's buddy-buddy in a locker room on a team. There's a lot of rivalries that exist on the same team. But as long as you are all on the same page with trying to win games, then, yeah, you can be good. Understanding the ultimate goal is to win games and to try to compete for a championship, They they I think they both, Mike Connolly and Joe Ingles, realized that uh, – Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert realize that and understand that relationship. I also kind of find it intriguing that uh, with with I guess with Donovan Mitchell being the situation that he's in, and both of them are available for major money coming up. More so, Rudy Gobert, if he does make an All NBA team first or second, if he does get named uh, to the or as the Defensive Player of the Year, if one of those two things happens, it's super max money for that guy. Does Donovan Mitchell go full Kobe Bryant mode and try to chase him out and say, you know what, this is my team. I want to redo it with my way uh, and and get, I guess, attention away from this team. Well, I sure hope not. You would hope that that wouldn't be the case. Um, I mean, hard to know based on how things have been the last, I'm going to say, four or five months, not just in the three months of the pandemic. Um, But, man, I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, it makes things like wonder. this can change a guy yeah. and how he views the, the business and how he views uh, his role on the team, even if he wants to still be here. Maybe Donovan doesn't want to still be here See, and that's, that, for yeah, that long. And that, leads me, and that leads me to my next question Maybe now. he'd rather go somewhere else than try to chase Rudy out. Yeah, and, and that leads me to my next question now is that uh, with the, the Black Lives Matter pro, uh, post that was sent by the Jazz, the free-ish post, quote-unquote, that was sent by Donovan Mitchell, and the reaction to that. Now, he said that he did understand that there are some bots out there, quote-unquote, or others that were not from Utah that are still racist. Uh, But you could tell from his tone of voice, when speaking to the Utah Jazz fans, 
boy, he was really upset. He was upset. And he, he man, you be. go back and read those comments, and anybody oh, should be upset. Disgusting, man. I, I was disgusted. It's like, really? I mean, I posted something on this uh, a few weeks back. It's like, come on. We we have to be better. If you're a Jazz fan and you and you whine about getting great players to come to Utah, man, just, just have any free agent look at that those comments and wonder <laughs> why would they want to come to Utah now, I think Donovan Mitchell and I think the Utah Jazz organization as a whole has, has worked hard to change the perception of the culture here but when you see things like that happen it's like good luck guys yeah um, knock it off yeah and, and that's and that's true and I think maybe that's where he says you know what I'll go somewhere else where they might respect me or and, and maybe he tries to find more supportive fans if that's the case uh, again, you can text in at 435 We have just two minutes left on the show. Let's move to a new topic really quickly. Uh, just coming out, the Washington Redskins are uh, play at FedEx Field, or Stadium, I guess I should say. Uh, and there has been a report now that FedEx has asked the Redskins to change their name. In fact, their, uh, their statement is, quote, We have communicated to the team in Washington our request that they change the team name. Period. End quote. Uh, this seems like a do it or you're finding a new sponsor for your stadium. What that, do you think, that's a lot of money on the line. What do you think Dan Snyder does? Well, the, the pressure is just mounting. It's increasing. Uh, and it will it will continue to increase until they make a change. It's not going to get any different or any better for Washington. Yeah, it's, it, it's Dan Snyder's move now. And if he doesn't make that move, does he lose fans? Does I mean, federal trademark players? has been removed. <laughs> I mean, there's the protections on the name have been removed. Uh, it's obvious that there are a lot of people who do not like it that are very disappointed that it's still there. But who knows? Yeah, and yeah, now it's just owner's that, decision. Again, it's it's on Dan Snyder's uh, side of the court now. Uh, and finally, USC Eric has decided to move to online classes only for their undergrads. About ten to twenty percent will be allowed to be able to go into the school. They'll be doing things like uh, uh, what were they? Uh, labs. Um, I get uh, performance classes. I guess is like so if to ballet and such will also be used in that. Uh, Eric, any concern that California or at least a Pac-12? will be having just conference games only in football. Here's what Pac-12 Commissioner Larry Scott recently said. If we don't see pretty much pretty quickly a flattening of the curve, I think it's less and less likely that we're going to be able to play, certainly not on time. I think the next couple of weeks are going to be crucial. Boy. We've, and we've been hearing that for the last month. Hey, these next two weeks are crucial. Hey, these next four weeks are crucial. But they're really, for football, Yeah, they're in the danger zone Now we're right down now. the stretch. All right, I'll do it for today. No show tomorrow. We'll see you on Monday. Please enjoy your weekend, and please, please, please be safe. We can't wait to talk to you about MLB Baseball Spring Training. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. The NFL will reportedly cut two weeks out of the preseason this year, and most fans probably won't mind. Teams really shouldn't be able to force season ticket holders to buy preseason tickets anyway. But there will be serious implications if this goes through. Guys on the bottom half of the roster lose an important chance to impress the coaches. You'd think the two remaining games would be reserved mostly for starters. They're going to need the extra reps because they missed out on most of their normal off-season activities. Ironically, this is the season you really want to make sure you have solid depth. The practice squad is more important than ever. Not too long ago, they played six preseason games. Can you imagine having to sit through that today? The NFL actually was planning to cut one preseason game when they expanded to 17 regular season games. We'll see how just two works out. 
there's a chance no one will miss the canceled games, even if they do have a real impact on rosters throughout the league. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.